I'm in the capital of the Dominican Republic, Santo Domingo, and I'm walking through the Bella Vista Mall. It's like malls everywhere. I'm on an escalator, passing by cell phone companies and clothing stores and fast food restaurants. There's a Domino's, a Pizzarelli, a Taco Bell, and salons, and more salons, even some salons all in a row. I never realized there were so many before when I visited with my family as a kid. Inside one of the salons, women are getting their hair blow-dried, put in rolos, curlers, or having their hair chemically straightened. Many women here go to the salon two to three times a week, which is the norm. I'm smelling burnt hair, which I haven't smelled since I stopped straightening my hair. Women, black women like me, the majority like to have straight hair. The straight hair that we don't have because nature made us with curly hair. Aquilina is a hairdresser who also teaches at a beauty school training future hairdressers. So she knows a lot about hair. I work in a salon and clients pay a lot of attention to your image, to how your hair looks, your skin, everything. We are required to look good, including now they don't do this, but when I started working in the salon where I work, now it's been 15 years, they gave you a manual which described what your image should be. They didn't obligate you, but they would suggest, and suggest everything, how you should behave, how you should talk to clients. There's still the taboo that being well put together means having well-styled straight hair. For that reason, I've had to relax and dominate my hair because my hair is very curly. So I've had to relax my hair to look how I've wanted and have a certain image because clients notice these things. Well, she's black, but she puts herself together like that. You have to maintain your hair, your skin, nails, everything related to beauty. In our country, people pay a lot of attention to image. And if you don't have a good image, the owners of salons won't accept you, and neither will the clients. To get straight hair, people, mostly women, use chemical relaxers or keratin treatments. Relaxers can remove your hair from the root. It can burn you. I had my hair straightened with relaxers from when I was seven to when I started college, so I vividly remember that burn. If you've never had your hair straightened, then imagine a cold white cream being combed through the roots of all of your hair that starts to itch after a few minutes and then to burn. For someone to relax your hair, they need to know what they're doing. Keratin doesn't do this. It doesn't itch or anything, but its smell is very strong. So people have to use masks when they're applying it. And many salons have different spaces where they apply keratin with a lot of ventilation, otherwise it's intolerable, especially for people with a cough or something. Relaxers can't be applied in common areas without bothering people, but not keratin. Carlos is also a hairdresser, and he also uses keratin on his hair. Here in our country, women like having their hair very straight. The way you have your hair, very curly, that's not common. If 10 young people entered this salon right now, maybe one of them would have their hair the way you have it. We Latinos are, are accustomed. Latina women like their hair straight, and Latino men like to see their women with straight hair. At this point, it's something cultural, and a question of your likes and preferences. 
y también cuestión de gusto. Noemi works alongside Carlos, and she also has straight hair. I've never had a client tell me that they like their curly hair. Quite the opposite. They come in with curly hair and they tell me, make it chino, mega straight. And when they tell me that, I know I have to get their hair super, super straight. We're fighting with that curly hair, and I can tell that none of my clients like their curly hair. Noemi had two friends. One had super curly hair, and the other one liked to offend her and would tell her, you have a cocola. And I would ask, what's that, cocola? And she would say, because that hair is malísimo, so bad. Here, that term is used a lot, pelo malo, or bad hair. There are tons of names for hair, and if I begin to tell you, we'll spend the whole day talking about names just for hair. Hair of pimienta or pepper. I didn't know something that you eat could be connected to your hair. That girl's hair looks like a tusa. Do you know what that is? <laughs> I asked somebody who said that one day. A tusa de maíz, the hair of corn. That comes out duro, hard. And it's so ugly, you have your hair like the hair of corn burned under the sun. We would compare hair to anything if it could offend another person. My grandma wants to go to my aunt, so she's picking me up. Santo Domingo traffic is no joke, and I'm holding on for dear life as my abuela honks at everyone. I survived abuela's driving, and I'm at my tia Ligia's house. She's my abuela's sister. I asked them, how did you start straightening your hair? Before the relaxer, we had the curling iron and the hot comb. It was like a fork you would use to eat, but you would use it to straighten your hair without relaxing it. I had two clients with long hair who wanted their hair straightened. Well, there was no blow dryer in that day. The blow dryer revolution didn't come until 1970. So I would use an iron board, and I will heat up my iron, and they will sit, and I will iron their hair like you would a dress shirt and they will live super happy with the long, luxurious, strengthened hair. Mm, all of that. My abuela worked as a hairdresser for decades, both in the Dominican Republic and in the United States. She's seen every possible way of straightening hair. The relaxer I made, I even put eggs on it. But what really gives it the force to decurl your hair is lie. If you don't add that, it won't do anything. But it's a chemical that peels wherever it touches, like you peel a pig, because it is strong. You have to have a license to even buy it. When you're making a relaxer, the last thing you need to put in it is that. You can make it with carrots, yuca, but good luck. Without that, it does nothing. My abuela and tía want to get their hair done before our trip to see family in the countryside tomorrow. So we're going to the hairdresser across from the Colmado near Tia Ligia's house. Abuela and Tia are still reminiscing and telling stories to their hairdresser. And to be honest, I'm pretty desperate to leave. I've had far more than my share of salons for today. I wanted to perform on 27th of February, the day of San Rafael, in the music band that goes in the front. But my teacher tells me, you come from a great school, but I can put you in the band. And I'd say, but why? And he says, uh, because of your color. And me, uh, 
because all the girls dancing in the ballet in the front were white and blonde. They had to dye their hair blonde. They will not accept people with color, at least not my color. For what I wanted, they wouldn't. They accepted me because I threatened them. I told him, you're making a mistake. But he tells me, but we can do something. They show me how to play the drums and then tell me to buy a cream that came in this big tube. He tells me, you buy that, you put it on your skin and on your legs and on your thighs and let it dry and your color will change. I had to wake up early that morning so my family could help me put it on. My color was hidden. The drummers were in the first row with the ballet dancers behind us. So I played the drummers in the very first line of the band, there in the Malecón for Trujillo. Uh, because what people want is to be white, and they want to make it happen with all their force. They dye their skin all the time. I see the strong things, really strong things, but nothing like the organ of the skin. People do all sorts of things to it. My grandma floored me with that story. I'd never heard it before. I had no idea that she played in a band for the dictator Trujillo. Trujillo se maquillaba. Trujillo used makeup, face powder to make himself lighter and look less mulatto. A ver si menos, menos mulatto. I decided to go to the Museum of Dominican Resistance in the Colonial District, which is a short walk from a very large statue of Columbus. I'm talking to Luisa de Peña. She's the director and founder of the museum. I'm trying to work through what I've been hearing. Las fotos de Trujillo, donde él se veía they published photos of Trujillo where he looked more white. All the people working for the state were white. Everyone in a position of power was white. White? No, lighter mulatos. Because they couldn't find anyone white white. And you, for your physical appearance, could ascend. The racism of today is racism derived directly from the racism fortified during dictatorship. To really understand this point, we'll need to briefly rewind. When the Spanish Empire arrives to the Americas, they colonize the islands, exterminate the indigenous Tainos, and repopulate the islands with slaves from Africa. Slavery creates the base for what we live today as modern-day discrimination and racism. The slave black of our African origin, inferior. The master, white of European origin, superior. So we have a scheme of slaves indebted to their masters because they receive food and right to live from their master in exchange for their free labor. And this goes beyond feeling of indebtedness to gratitude to the one who permits me to live. In Spanish, amo is the word for master. The word for love is amor. So master and love share the same root. This relationship evolves. The masters become feudal lords owning lots of land and having their own armies. Then the U.S. occupies the island from 1916 to 1924, and the feudal masters become the businessmen and the politicians that shape the Dominican Republic we see and live today. It is a colonial relation transformed into what we see today. From that scheme emerges dictatorships. And as if things weren't complicated enough within the Dominican Republic's borders, things get even more complicated with its neighbor, Haiti. 
Cuando tú haces así y le introduces. When you then introduce an extra element of black Haitians, you are reintroducing the scheme of slavery in people's conscience. So, no, I'm not black. The Haitians are black. They're the ones that are the slaves, not me. I'm a bit lighter. And that makes it so that I'm not a slave. And so I'm a bit higher up in the social hierarchy. So Dominican racism is mixed with the rejections of those who occupied the island. Haiti gained independence from France in 1804 in a revolution that was led entirely by the slaves of the island. Later, Spain abandoned the Dominican Republic in 1821, and Haiti took over the entire island. The Dominican Republic then gained independence from Haiti on the 27th of February, the day my abuela wanted to play in a parade for Trujillo. At the time, this day was known as the Day of Saint Rafael Trujillo. El rechazo a los ocupados. Dominicans reject Haitians that occupied the island. The condition of slavery and the inferiority of the slave. Remember that slaves weren't people. They weren't treated like humans. They were people who treated oxen, horses, and dogs better than they treated slaves, black slaves. That scheme has not been ruptured. We've not been liberated mentally from the scheme. So that the blacker you are, the closer you are to those slaves who were not people. De aquel esclavo que no era gente. And all of this continues to play out today. Lo que pasa es que el dominicano excusa su racismo. Dominicans excuse their racism by saying it's not toward black people, but toward Haitians. No, 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 it's the black Haitians. It's the two things. It's a racism in the subconscious, and it's a racism induced from a young age, initially in the schools and in homes. On every Dominican's identification card, la cédula, it says color, light Indian, dark Indian. But you will never find an identification card that says black. That will not happen. Because the black person is a slave, and that is completely rejected. In employment announcements, they list requirements, boom, boom, boom. And one of those is buena presencia, good appearance or presence. Ask any company, what is meant by good presence? It's something abstract. What's good presence for you could be bad presence for me. But good presence implies you're lighter, you have your hair done, you dress well, you see? Good presence that you distance yourself visually from the condition of the slave. That's the reality. Eso. Esa es la realidad. There's a phrase you hear a lot here. El pelo bueno y el pelo malo. The good hair and the bad hair. El famoso, la famosa the frase. famous Dominican phrase. El pelo bueno, el pelo malo. El pelo bueno, the good hair. is the hair of the master who has everything and to whom I owe my life and thank for my life. El pelo malo, the bad hair, is the hair of the slave who has no value, who exists to be grateful to the master who lets them live. The matter of el pelo bueno y el pelo malo is a reflection. It's a reflection of racism. And look, it's something that is so in people's subconscious that people say, muchacha, peinate. Girl, comb that hair. Arregla, fix that hair. That maraña, that tangled mess. But they don't say it to be mean or to hurt you. They say it because they find it ugly, tangled, unkept, not cared for. 
in their subconscious, they have not drawn the connection between rejecting slavery that, that has less value and what they are saying. They don't see the line clearly. That is what it is. You find people who say, pero ese despeine, but that mask, peinate, comb your hair. Because to be groomed is to have straight hair. For Dominicans, you cannot be groomed and have curly hair. And that's simply not true. You can be groomed with both. Muchacha, peinate. Look how unkept that girl is with that hair. That's the racism people are not even conscious of. They say it to you so you'll be más linda. So much prettier. Such a pretty face, but that mess of a hair. You see? Because to look like the slave is to be ugly, but they don't make the connection because it's so implanted in their subconscious. It's a problem, the issue of hair. If you walk through the neighborhoods of Santo Domingo, you will see on every block a beauty salon. There are women who go two times a week, and me, never. But for my mom, it's incomprehensible. She sees me and says, oh, my daughter, so pretty. Always unkept. Peinate, mija, peinate. In my case, yes, I do live my life disheveled. And I am told that I need to go to the salon because everyone has to have their hair straight because that nears me to the master and I am less a slave. Ah, a la patrona, a la doña. Yo soy menos esclava. The next day, I went to a bank to exchange some money. I look around and notice that all of the tellers have straightened hair. I get to the front, and I decide to ask my teller, could you have your hair like mine and work here? Oh, no, no, not like yours. A friend of the family shares her story with me about trying to find work with natural hair, including as a bank teller. I did well on the exam to be a bank teller, but never got a call back after I arrived at the interview with my hair in braids. I kept searching for work with braids and could not find it. Her story is pretty typical. To get a job, at least in an office or in a service job, you cannot have your hair natural. I really needed work, so I went and got a keratin treatment to straighten my hair. And I got the first job I interviewed for, the one I have now. Every time I go to the bank, I ask tellers, could you have your hair natural? Every time the answer is no. Women working at the supermarket? No. Restaurants? No. It shouldn't be that your hair stops you from getting a job or from going to school. Hair shouldn't impede you from these things. Here is presencia at work. The idea that to be in a position that is front-facing, you have to look more white and have straightened hair. They say pelo malo, moño malo. Bajon, to describe afros. They say curly hair is ugly hair. Tusa, a tree that dries and becomes tough, or brillo, what people use to clean pots. Brillo es el, el paño de fregar. I got sick, maybe eating too many platanos, and went to a pharmacy where I met Brigitte. Brigitte would never be able to work at a bank. She has a huge afro, and she wears it very proudly. There are tons of names to denigrate curly hair, where there's no need if people just knew more about it. Brigitte loves her hair, and she decided to go natural to make a statement. Since I was little, I liked curly hair. I never wanted to have my hair straightened, but they straightened my hair anyways. So I had straight hair from when I was six, until one day, when I was 21, I decided to do el gran corte, 
the big chop and have my hair natural. At the time, it was hard to find a salon that would do such a thing. So instead, I went to a barber for men and had them chop my hair off. I'm not a very dark skin, but when I walk in the street, people yell, Negra fea, ugly black woman, at me because of my hair. More because of my hair than anything else. This is because people believe that if I have straight hair, I am pretty. But if I have curly hair, then I am ugly. When someone calls another person black to denigrate that person, they don't realize that they're denigrating themselves because they're also of Afro descent. We all descend from black people. In spite of this, it wasn't so hard for Brigitte to find work. But Brigitte also studies advertising. People in publicity are labeled as crazy, so people accept a lot more from us. People accept if you dress differently, even though they wouldn't normally. The faculty of publicity in the university are the most varied in how they present themselves. Three out of five have their hair dyed. So because we're labeled as crazy, we're given permission to step outside of the box. As a student, Brigitte's become involved in a movement of people in the Dominican Republic promoting the use of natural hair. I would say in the last two or three years, we've tried to find a way to tell people that there's no need to hide who we are. That is our identity. Our hair is what identifies us as Latina women from the Caribbean who have African descent, and men too. On TV now, you see many women of Afro descent, ballerinas, art- artists, etc. We've advanced. Having these women on television, people, young girls, identify with them. And girls will say, I want to have hair like hers. I want to have hair like that. As people see this and have more confidence in themselves, they realize you don't have to hide or change who you are. I want to be me. I am Bridget. I want to look like Bridget. And I want to be a better Bridget every day. We are beautiful, pretty. We are beautiful women, all of us, of straight hair, with curly hair, whichever. There's no pelo malo. Hair hasn't done any harm to anyone. (laughs) While having straight hair is still overwhelmingly the standard, more and more women are choosing to go natural. I'm back in the colonial district, in the plaza with that huge Columbus statue. And as usual, I'm hungry and I'm looking for a snack. Walking through the plaza, I meet the Omeidi, right by a man selling ice cream. Of course, we start talking about hair. A few years ago, everyone... Everyone had their hair straight, but times have changed. More and more I hear people saying they've left straightening their hair, saying, yes, I'm done with straightening. I want my hair curly. People are more informed about having their hair curly. I think people are seeing that having your natural hair liberates you. Because when your hair is straight and you're home, you have to put it in a tubi. A tubi is a hairstyle where you wrap your hair around your head with clips to keep it straight while you're at home. My mom made me do this all the time before going to bed growing up. But when you have your hair wavy or curly, you can leave your hair free in the wind. It doesn't have to be in a tubi, but however you want it. I liberated myself from the relaxer. My hair is free and as it is. Relaxers damage your hair, but if you have your hair natural, water, rain, won't mess it up. It's liberating. But even some women with natural hair, with afros, will say, no, I don't want my husband to let his hair grow because I won't tolerate a man who spends two hours in the bathroom washing his hair. Danny is tall and thin and has long curly hair. 
He's a photographer and spends a lot of his time photographing people with afros to help change perceptions surrounding natural hair. Men here are scared to take care of their hair. If your hair is longer, it requires more care. So people think if a man has long hair that requires more care, then he must be homosexual. If a man does take care of his hair, he'll try to do it in a way that no one will notice, so he's not called a homosexual. When a woman cuts off all her hair to let it grow back natural, people think that she must be a lesbian. Women and men in the Dominican Republic have yet to fully wake up and understand that sexuality is something inside that is born and grows in you and that it has nothing to do with how you present yourself. One has nothing to do with the other. It's just a question of beauty. What you do with your hair is entirely personal. How you do your hair has nothing to do with your profession. Wearing your hair natural doesn't mean you're an artist and that you're a lesbian or gay. So Danny formed a group to help men become part of the movement. But it really all started one day. I had an afro that grew out over two years, and my hair grows fast. I was preparing to be a stuntman in a movie that was being made here in Santo Domingo. Danny was sitting outside of his house with his mom and dad and friends from their church. The police stopped their truck like 50 meters away. And when they see me with my large afro, two of them get out of their truck and come up to the front of my mother's house. They order me to stand. Parece! So I stand up. One of them grabs my arm and I pull away because I don't want them to touch me. Danny asks what's happening. So do his mom and dad. But the police officer doesn't want to talk about this at all. The police officer says, when he cuts his hair, we'll talk. Danny gives the police his university ID card, his work ID, and his national ID. But that didn't stop them from detaining me. So I got into their truck. At that moment, they were violating the Constitution. The Constitution states that they cannot detain you, pick you up from the street, unless you're a suspect. We were doing nothing suspicious by sitting in front of my mother's house. This is something the police do throughout neighborhoods in the Dominican Republic. They detain me, drive me through the entire district, they pick me up at 2 p.m., and we didn't arrive at the police station until 7 in the evening where I'm detained alongside about 40 other young men. They lock him up and they take his belongings. I say that they're not showing me respect and that this is discrimination. Discrimination because of the color of my skin and the type of hair I have. And they say to me, at your age, having that afro, what type of man are you? Leaving your hair so long. You should cut your hair. We should take some scissors and cut it with force. I knew that this had happened to others before without their consent. I have photos of this happening. Now it was happening to me. So I was scared. But I knew my hair would grow back quickly. Maybe they didn't do it to me because I seemed secure and spoke in a very educated manner. Finally, Danny's family arrives. The guard calls my name and I stand. But they don't let me go. He says that I deserve an extra punishment, and I won't be released until I decide to cut my hair. At 8 p.m., my brother arrives with a lawyer, and finally they let him go. When he gets out, 
He sees that people are talking about what happened on social media. La prensa local. The local paper asked me for an interview. That was the moment I decided to form my group because it was a moment when people were paying attention to the fact that in the Dominican Republic, a country of black people, that a man was being discriminated against for having an Afro. I wanted to say we are Dominican and we are of African descent and we are proud of the color of our skin and of the texture of our hair. Danny forms Afro de Gala, a group that uses social media to spread information about Afros through photography. Later on, I meet Yael, who's actually modeled for Danny several times. When I was 12, I started to go to the salon every week until one day my mom decided to wash my hair in the house and my hair was falling out in chunks. I was washing my daughter's hair and put a comb through it. And when I saw chunks of her hair fall out, I cried. It was distressing. I cried when I saw my hair falling out. I had a lot of hair, long hair. I couldn't stop the tears. I recovered and said nothing. It's time to cut it. She took it so well, it seemed normal. I decided to let my hair grow out, and since five years ago, I've had an Afro. Cynthia, Yael's mom, decided to go natural along with her daughter. After she got her hair cut, people told me, Cynthia, you're abusing her. You're an abuser. It was fine when it was short and straight and she had it in a ponytail. But when she finally had an afro, my family wanted to kill me. They would say, but how can this be? You can't do that. It's abusive. They told my daughter she looked ugly. She had to deal with a lot. They told me my mom was crazy for cutting my hair that was so long and beautiful. You're crazy, Cynthia. And they told me things. In school, they made fun of me a lot. But I just listened to my mom. She would say that in three or four years, everyone would want to have their hair like me, and that's how it is. But it wasn't just family that wouldn't accept Yael's hair. I've had lots of issues in school because they haven't wanted to accept me with my hair. Yael returned for her second year of high school with an afro, and it was that exciting time when you take your class photo. The photographer told her, I'm not going to take the photo today. Return tomorrow with her hair tied up for me to take the photo. They didn't want to see her with an afro, at least not for her official ID. She came home and told me, and I told her, no, you're going tomorrow with your hair as it is, and you're going to tell him to take your photo, and if he doesn't take your photo, you tell me. And he didn't take it. Meanwhile, girls with straight hair had no problems. So I went to her school and said she'd passed all her evaluations to move to the second year. To me, it doesn't matter that she has a school ID card. To me, it matters that she takes her classes. And now if you're not going to let her take classes, then tell me. In the end, they decided to take her photo, and it all passed. But they denied her entrance her third year. I left it at that and took her out of her school. Y la saqué del colegio. Cynthia found another school, and they told her they had space. But when she returned to the school with all of her daughter's paperwork, including a photo, suddenly the principal tells me they don't have space. I say, how strange. I came just a week ago, and they told me there was. And the principal says, well, if she does come, she has to tie back her hair to take classes. We spent over an hour talking, and I had a folder with my daughter's academic history in my hand. I said, 
What speaks about my daughter is in this folder and you haven't opened it. I'm not going to tell my daughter to come here with her hair tied back. She has to have the same options as all the other students to come with her hair loose or tied back as she pleases. But fine, don't accept her because you can't make your admissions decisions. But I also have the right to object because you're discriminating against my daughter. And when I spoke in those terms, they made the decision to accept her. My brain is not my hair. They don't want your afro to call attention. They find it disgusting or something like that. People ask me if I wash my hair or if I detangle it. People think that having an afro means that you don't care for your hair at all. But that's completely not the case. We have curly hair and it's beautiful. Cynthia is the manager of Go Natural Caribe, one of six natural hair salons in Santo Domingo that I've seen. The women at these salons are at the very forefront of the natural hair movement. If you go to a regular salon, most won't know what to do with curly hair but to straighten it. So natural hair salons have become an alternative for women who are choosing to have their hair natural. This was the first natural hair salon. The change of having natural hair is often difficult for people because they lack information because they've had straight hair since they were little. And it usually wasn't their decision to have straight hair. Their mom straightens their hair, and that's the end of the discussion. And they've spent their whole lives taking care of their processed hair. They have no idea how to take care for their natural hair. And sometimes, from not knowing how to take care of natural hair, they prefer to continue chemically treating their hair because that's what feels easier and that's what they know. For that reason, many people haven't made the decision to go natural. Going natural can be quite a process. Some women do el gran corte, or the big chop, where you chop off all of the straightened parts of your hair in one go. For me, it took years to go natural because I was too afraid to chop off my hair. Instead, I chose to grow out all of my hair, and it was an awkward time. My hair had two completely different textures and was prone to breaking at the point where it changed from straight to curly. That's how I started college. Many people like natural hair in others. I, I love it, but I wouldn't. It wouldn't come out pretty. Here, more than selling you a service of maintaining your hair, we're working to help our clients accept their hair. People come in with their hair, but wanting something else. And there's our real work, the work of acceptance. And that's the real concept behind the salon. They are people who simply don't accept their hair curly or kinky. They prefer to have their hair straightened. To them, having their hair straightened looks more beautiful. Here we see it a lot. Cynthia consults women who come to Go Natural Caribe about having natural hair. When you do a consultation, it's not only to evaluate the hair, but also to see where a person is coming from. If it's that they want curly hair, but don't know how, or that they really haven't accepted that yet. I've had consultations where people come out of curiosity, but not thinking about the change. They won't accept it. And they say, no, they want to know how to have it straightened, but curly. I cannot make someone accept, and many people don't. We have a big acceptance deficit. There are people who are allergic and have to submit themselves every few weeks or a or month to that process. They get their hair straightened with their allergy medication next to them. It's crazy. And all to maintain a style that ultimately is not yours. There's lots we have yet to accept and much we need to detach ourselves from. Accepting your hair from your ancestors, that you accept it, take care of it, is a step in the right direction of you demonstrating. I accept myself as I am. 
the Chinese wear their hair as it is. Europeans wear their hair as it is. If I'm black, accepting myself is a big step. And I can inspire others to do the same. And that's what's happening now. Being here with Cynthia and her daughter is a huge relief. I haven't been in the Dominican Republic for four years. And now that I've grown out my natural hair, I stick out everywhere I go. The last time I was here, I had straight hair. And so did my mom and my grandma and my sister and pretty much everyone I remember seeing. My mom and my sister and my grandma still wear their hair straight. And I think that's great because that's a choice that they get to make. Not everyone gets to make that choice. Really, hair is an excuse, a starting point, so that people will accept their skin, their color. I have many more questions, so I turn to Danny to help me work through them. When people start to accept themselves exactly as they are, that they are black and beautiful, they start to believe in themselves and have more courage. Not only is that beneficial for that one person, but it is definitely beneficial for our entire country. Because now that person has a new level of respect and love for themselves, and they are more able to work and produce and benefit society positively. If you respect yourself, you respect others. If you love yourself, you love others. I walk back to the same plaza in the colonial district and start talking to a young couple sitting on a bench in front of the oldest Catholic church in the Americas. It's next to that same huge statue of Columbus that overlooks tourists eating outside restaurants and by locals sitting at park benches listening to merengue. We're a short walk from the ocean, where slaves were brought to the Dominican Republic on ships, less than a block from another natural hair salon, and a few blocks away from the Museum of Dominican Resistance. Joe. <laughs> me? Uh, let me see. Luis is shocked to be asked about his hair. My hair, I let it grow a bit, but then cut it because where I work, helping with healthcare services, they won't let me have my hair long. He tells me the story of when his girlfriend, Alba, decided to go natural. So we studied together in school. We're dating, boyfriend and girlfriend. Before she didn't have her hair like now, it was straight. And one day she sent me a photo through WhatsApp and her hair was cut. And... I hated her. Yeah, I hated her. I mean, her hair grew, I continued hating her, but I got used to it. Some people may not like if their girlfriend changes their hair, but to me, she looks beautiful. When I went natural four years ago, my family wasn't too happy about it. I got some pretty negative reactions that made me feel really bad about myself. But over time, they've accepted my natural hair. And they even compliment me on it. <laughs> 